to Lakeland's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Lakeland, please visit our website at lakeland.church. Today, we're going to continue in this uh, short little three-week series uh, called Heartwork. And uh, if you've got your Bible, turn to Psalm chapter 27. We're going to be there. We're going to only cover a couple verses. But before we get to it, let me just tell you a little story. Some of you have probably heard this. It's the first day that Lisa and I, I say that our, our relationship began. It's the day we started dating. And if you've heard me tell this story, you know, I've often said it this way. I hit my head and we woke up dating. Because here's, here's literally what happened. It was our sophomore year in college. And I had this idea that I was like, she was on my sister floor. And brother sister floors, what they do is they, they eat meals together. They do activities together, that type of thing. And I had scoped out Lisa. And I was looking at her. And I was like, I would like to get to know that woman and I was like, I, and so here's what I decided. On this specific day, I decided I'm going to flirt a little. I'm going to put out the vibe, if you know what I mean. And I'm going to see if Lisa would return that kind of that affection. And maybe, just perhaps maybe, uh, it would turn into something a little bit more. And so on that day, I had one thought in my mind. One thought alone. It was, I'm going to pursue Lisa. I'm going to, I just want to be with her. I want to talk with her. I want to show her some special attention. I'm going to put out the vibe. And uh, see what happens from there. And then what happened is, uh, my we'd gone down. We were downtown Chicago. Uh, my roommate and I, we were rollerblading, and the girls had gone to get us dinner. And while they were away, we were doing tricks off of these ramps and, and that type of thing. And my roommate, he's a pretty athletic guy, and he had said, "Hey, let's do some 360s off of these ramps." And so I tried a 360. I did not quite land it apparently because I hit my head. I fell back. I nailed my head. This is before the days in which everyone was wearing helmets, and I apparently suffered a pretty bad concussion. So bad that it was actually, I started having temporary amnesia, where I was just like, I would lapse over and over and over again, and, and constantly I would, I would just wake up. Every five minutes, I'd just kind of wake up, and I would tell even uh, my, the people who were there, I was like, I just woke up. And, uh, and, and so uh, when the girls came back and they had dinner, I'm sitting off to the side. They asked uh, my roommate, they said, hey, what, what's he doing off to the side? And he goes, oh, I hit his head. He'll be fine. Thanks. Thanks a lot, right? Typical guy. He'll be fine. Ice it. And, uh, but then I, I, they come on over. I start, like, repeating myself every five minutes. And they're like, oh, no, this is bad. And, uh, and so they decided that we need to go to the hospital. And I, here's the deal. Because I had this one mission that day, put out the vibe and uh, flirt with Lisa. That became my one thing. And apparently after I hit my head, my one thing did not change. That's all I wanted to do. And so she kind of started picking up on all this. And she decided, all right, if he doesn't want to go to the hospital, she basically said, well, hey, Josh, I'm going to hop in the car here. If you want to be with me, hop in the car. I'm going to go to the hospital. And I was like, oh, okay, all right. Let's go to the hospital. So then we go to the hospital, and they say, well, let's go on inside. I'm, saying, I'm not going inside to the hospital. And Lisa, once again, picking up on all I want to do is be with her. She said, well, I'm going to go into that building there. And if you want to talk with me, I'm going to be in there. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go to and then, uh, of course, you get into the hospital, and, and I don't want to, I have to sign myself in to be treated. I'm like, I am not signing any papers. 
I'm not going to get treated. I'm fine. And then, oh, I just woke up, you know. And, uh, and so Lisa, once again, she said, well, if you just sign your name here, I would love to see you do that, and then we'll go inside. I was like, oh, okay. You know, I just signed myself away and just and head on in. And so literally throughout the day, that's all I was doing because here's the deal. When, it, when that was my one thing, my one priority, it affects all my behaviors and all my actions. And uh, as I say it, I hit my head, and we woke up dating. Or perhaps I'm still in a dream. 22 years later. No, <laughs> but we're happily married, and, uh, and, and it all worked out. But I don't know if you've ever considered how having one focus, one priority, actually can have an impact upon all your other behaviors, all your other actions. And if I were to give you kind of an opportunity to say, hey, if I gave you one wish, one desire, if you could ask the Lord of one thing, what would you ask him for? What, what would you ask him for? If you had one thing, what, what would you say? All right, God, there's my one wish, my one desire. What would it be? Now, I know some of you would be like, hey, uh, I would love to w- win the lottery. And, and I would say, well, that's, that's okay, but I don't know if you know the statistics. Statistics say that the majority of lottery winners are bankrupt within a couple years. So that may not be your best wish. Others might say, well, I just want to fall in love. And I would tell you, well, that's, a, that's wonderful. Love is wonderful. But maybe your wish actually should be not to just fall in love, but to stay in love, because that's actually the hard part. <laughs> uh, or maybe it would be this. Um, someone might say, having a successful career. And I would say, well, that's great, but uh, I think most of us at the end of the day, we would say it's not what we do, but it is who we do things with that matter most, right? You've, you've taken people out of the whole equation. You say, oh, yeah, that's not the best thing. Some of you would say, I've got a family member with an illness, and my one wish would be that they would be healed. And that's a great wish, but I can tell you just countless stories of people who have made it to the other side of an illness, and they were healed, and then within one week, all of a sudden, uh, another diagnosis, another something came on up. Uh, if, if you were to think about what's the most important one thing, one wish, what would it be? I don't know if you've ever done this. Have you ever set up dominoes, and you like line them all up, and you push the first domino, and the rest of them just kind of cascade in the right direction? You've all done this before? What, what if you just process for a moment and said, hey, did, are you aware that God actually gives us some insight into the most important first domino? If you push this one, all the other ones will be impacted in the best way possible. Your life will be impacted in the best way possible. What is that number one thing? And so this is what we're going to figure out today in Psalm chapter 27. As we're talking about heart work, guess what? This is something you have to tell your heart should be the number one domino. you got to tell your heart, no matter what, all the distractions, all the things you can go after, all the number one wishes, do this one thing. It's most important. Everything else will work itself out. And so here's where we're going to pick it up. Psalm chapter 27, verse 4. This is King David talking, and he says this. Listen to it. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek. A.K.A., this is David's way of saying, I figured out the most important thing, my one thing, my one desire. If I do this one thing, everything else is impacted. So what's his one wish? All right, next part of the verse. Here it is. That I, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Hop down a couple of verses. Verse 8, he says this, My heart says of you. Okay, so he's saying, listen, this is what i got to remind my heart to do. It's this, seek his face, exclamation point, that's it. He goes, this is what i got to tell my heart is most important. It's got to be this, seek his face. Face, your face, Lord, I will seek. So here's his one wish. B 
be with God, see him, know him, chase after him. This is the first domino, and this is the most important one. Knowing him, being with him, seeking him impacts everything else. In fact, he's going to actually point out a few things that are impacted by this one thing. If you do this one thing, other things will domino effect in the right direction. And so in verse 5, he says, here's, here's some of the things that will happen. For in the day of trouble... He will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon the rock. Right there in that next verse, he kind of says, hey, if you do this one thing, here's three things that actually kind of are the next dominoes that will fall. Three things that naturally, naturally come out of this pursuit. The first one that he says is this, he will keep us safe on the day of trouble. Are, anyone feeling like our world's in trouble a little bit right now? Things are a little nutty, a little crazy. Man, whether it's the hurricanes or protests, or for some of you, it's going back to school in person. It's the virus. It's the upcoming election. It's the mandates that you agree with or you disagree with. Lots of troubles. But on top of cultural troubles, maybe some of you are facing some personal troubles. Maybe like relational troubles or financial troubles or work troubles or marriage troubles or kids troubles. And so is this safety from trouble, is it relational safety and protection? Is it financial safety and protection? Is it work safety? Is it marriage safety? Is it kids safety? And I would say not necessarily because this is a heart thing. I would say confidently, though, he will give your heart safety and protection, your heart safety and protection, that your heart can be safe and protected from the effects of relational woundings and trouble. Your heart can be safe and protected from the stress of financial troubles that you might be facing. Your heart can be safe and protected from the effects of work troubles. Your heart can be safe and protected in the midst of marital troubles or kid troubles. It's all about the heart, and the heart can experience God's protection and safety over any situation from any trouble. You know, in all my years of, min of ministry, Lisa and I have had some seasons where we faced, I would say, some tough troubles. Whether it was ministry was difficult, or people were difficult, or people were attacking us, and, or we were just worn out and burnt out, and every type of out you can imagine. And here's what I can tell you, is that when I would consistently seek after the Lord, in those type of situations where you would think no one should be emotionally doing well, my heart was protected in the midst of trouble. So now, how's that possible? Well, because he says, if this is the one thing you seek, then you're going to be protected in the day of trouble. Second thing he says is this, he will hide me in the shelter. Shelter is all about protection from the elements, right? You hear people say, listen, in life, all you need is food, clothing, shelter. Any of you ever watch Man vs. Wild? Anyone? Bear Grylls, Man vs. Wild, a few of you. Okay, I, I love that guy. And he always goes on out and he like, uh, he, you know, finds food, finds water, and he finds shelter. At night, he's always got to build a shelter in some sort of uh, form of fashion to keep him out of the elements. Well, in our day and age, shelter in our life, or the elements, if you will, in our lives is the wear and tear of culture. And God will protect your heart from the wear and tear of culture right now. That's kind of this onslaught against our hearts. Picture it this way. If you spend time reading the news or watching the news or uh, reading things on social media, you might feel emotionally worn out. Am I talking to anyone? <laughs> as soon as you're like done with it all, you're like, I feel like 
I am just, my heart is weary. My heart is worn. I feel like I've just gone through a storm, through a hurricane. And for many people, their hearts are weary right now because they are not sheltered from the bantering that is taking an assault on their hearts. Okay, so here's my, my word to you folks. Bring your heart inside. Bring your heart into the shelter of the Lord out of the, the elements that is being a, kind of this onslaught from culture, the hurricane in the storm, and you'll find shelter as you seek him first. A couple of weeks ago, uh, one of the things my family, we love to do is we love to go on, out on a boat and uh, go tubing and skiing and things like that. But we often will go, this happened a few Sundays ago. We like to wait till all the weekenders have gone home. And then we'll go out in the evening, like a Sunday night to go tubing. And so a few weeks ago, you might remember this day specifically, a storm rolled in. And I kept looking at the radar and I was like, I think it'll miss us. I was like, it looked like it was going to go north of us. And so I'm like, let's just go out on the lake. It'll be fine. And I, I remember we're getting out. We're getting into the boat. We'd waited all day. The, by the way, that day was beautiful. The whole day was beautiful. And, uh, and we're coming to the evening, and I'm looking at it. I'm like, and the clouds are like dark. They are so dark on the other side of the lake. My wife looks at me, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> lightning right on the other side of the lake. I count. Like, that's like 10 miles away. We're good, kids. Let's go. You know, and so the kids are jumping into the lake, and I was like, and, and they're like hearing like lightning and thunder and all this. And I'm like, I, I think we'll be okay. Everyone's looking at me. I was like, I'm looking at the radar. I was like, I think it's just going to skirt north of us. We're fine. Let's go. And so we pull on out, and literally we're, we're 100 feet away from the pier, and my wife gets hit in the face with the first raindrop, and she turns around, looks at me, and she goes, I felt a raindrop. <laughs> and within 10 seconds, I feel a raindrop. And about 10 more seconds go by, and everyone is feeling raindrops. And then about 10 more seconds go by, and it goes from little raindrops to, like, it just starts raining. Like, full-on rain. 10 more seconds go by, and all of a sudden, this gust of wind just hits us. So now it's like gust of wind, we're fully in rain, 10 seconds more goes by, and the, this lake that was smooth all of a sudden has waves coming, flying at us across the lake. I was like, oh my word, this is like 40 seconds has gone by, this whole thing has just totally changed. And so I whipped the boat around, I was like, back to the pier, everyone come on. And so I, I, I start going faster, which how many of you know, that feels really good, right? Go faster through the rain, and we're just getting pelted, and everyone's not like ducking and hiding under blankets and things like that. And we're just like, and I'm just sitting there going, you know, getting nailed in the face with all this rain as I'm flying back to the pier. And we, as soon as we get it in there, uh, all the kids at this point, they're all just soaked. I was like, guys, get all the stuff out of the boat. Go, go, go. And we start cranking up the boat. We got on a lift, and we start cranking up the boat. And I kid you not, you just cannot imagine what took place. We're cranking it up, and all of a sudden, the crank, the whole wheel, falls right off and falls poosh, right into the lake. It's gone. It's gone. I'm sitting there. I'm like, did that just really happen? We're getting soaked the wheel is gone. The boat's in the water. I finally, I'm like, guys, just abandon ship. Everyone for yourself. You know, we're just like, I'm just run for the car. And, and it was just ridiculous. And the kids are like, should we cover? I was like, no. It's, just, it's a loss at this point, guys. Just run. And, and literally, it was one of these days where it's like, it just came out of nowhere. And maybe 2020 has felt like that to you. 
you felt like, man, I thought it was going to be a great year, and out of nowhere, this I could see, like, the storm just kind of came out of nowhere. I thought we were going to make it to the other side, and then all of a sudden, boom, something else just dropped. I feel like I just want to abandon ship, and you just feel so weary, like you're caught in the middle of a storm. And if you are weary, if your heart is weary, if your heart is tired, if your heart is angry, if your heart is, uh, is tense, guess what? Come into the shelter. I just want to tell you folks, there's a place where your heart is warm and protected and dry and safe. And there's a place and it's in the presence of the Lord. Third domino that's going to fall is this. He says, he'll lift me up and he'll bring me victories. Listen to what he says, verse 5 into verse 6. He will set me high upon a rock, then my head will be exalted above my, the enemies who surround me. Now up to this point, life just happens. He says, hey, in, in times of trouble, you'll be protected. When, when uh, you, you feel like things are overtaking you in, in the shelter, when the elements are coming at you, uh, you'll be protected in my shelter. Now he says, hey, when the enemies, this all of a sudden this gets personal. Are, are you guys, are you, are you alive here? Listen, he says, this all of a sudden, it got personal. Somebody, someone is now coming after me. What happens in that moment? And I don't know how many of you feel like you've got some enemies out there where you feel like it feels like somebody is now, now it's gotten personal. Someone's coming after me. Let me just tell you something. You need a recalibration of your heart right now because here's what Ephesians chapter six says. It says, you battle not against flesh and blood. I know you feel like it's that person who's coming against you, but you need to get this quickly buried deep in your mind, buried in your heart. Understand that this is truth. Your battle is not against flesh and blood. Your battle is against the spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. Your enemy is not humanity. Your enemy is not humanity. Every person that you feel like is against you, you are actually for them. What are you for? You're for their redemption. You're for their wholeness. You're for their healing. You're for God impacting their, their life. You are for humanity. You want to know the only person who's against humanity is the devil and all of his demonic forces. That is your enemy, and that is who you are against. And he says he's going to lift you up over your enemies. In Revelation chapter 5, it, it describes that the devil is actually the accuser of the brethren, and he accuses day and night. Meaning that this, this is all he does. He is just accusing people and planting lies in people's hearts and minds. And what people sometimes do is they listen to those lies, they fall to those lies, and then their actions become, become behaviors that impact you and hurt you. But you got to realize that the root of their bad behavior was a lie that they believed from the father of lies, who is the devil. And so here's the, so here's the deal. If our pursuit is his presence and knowing him and being with him, you want to know what he will do? He will lift you up over your enemies. And the enemy is ultimately the one who is accusing, who's lying constantly to you, who's trying to get you to fall to this bait of going against a person when they're not your enemy. And he'll actually give you a victory over the true enemy, over the devil who is speaking those lies and those accusations over you. So here's my question, folks. What's your one wish? What's your one desire? Be honest. Is your one desire to make money? Is your one desire to be influential? Is your one desire to have power? Is your one desire, what's your one desire? Is your one desire to 
participating in that hobby? Is your one desire, what is it? And is it possible that your one thing, your one desire has been the wrong thing? Because David says this, this one thing I've figured out, that I would just seek him and know him. And if I do this, all the other dominoes fall in the right direction. Every night when I lay my seven-year-old daughter to bed, her name's Eden, and I'll lean over and I'll give her a hug and she wraps her arms around my neck. She holds me tight. And, uh, and I, I want to give her just a hug and then, all right, give her a kiss, good night, I pray for her. But she doesn't let go, like ever. She just doesn't let go. And the only way that she'll let go is if I tickle her. So I like, I grab down, I pinch her in the rib cages and she goes, ah! And she, and she giggles and she lets go. But if it were up to her, she would fall asleep holding on to her daddy every night. And I just wonder what would happen in your life and in my life if all throughout the day, our greatest pursuit was holding on to our daddy, our heavenly father, saying, if this is, this is what I'm clinging on to, and if I do this one thing, you're going to protect me from the trouble. You're going to protect me from the elements in your shelter. You're going to lift me over the accusations and the lies of the enemy. All the other dominoes are going to fall if, what if the children who call God their heavenly father would just say, I just want to know you. I just want to seek you. I just want to hold on to you. And so even how we're going to end right now, the worship team is going to come on up and they're going to end with one song is, is, is all. And during the song, I'm not even going to say, hey, sing along. I just want you, I want to invite you to just seek him. This is his thing. He reminds his heart. He says, I'm going to tell my heart, seek his face. Seek the Lord. Right now, some of you just need to tell your heart, hey, you want to know my heart's been chasing after this, all, all these other things. Right now, I want to do this one thing. I just want to seek him. I just want to know him. That he would meet me right here in a park. Isn't that crazy that the God who created the universe could actually have a personal moment with you right now? And he can just by you positioning your heart and saying, I just want to seek you right now. And so they're going to sing this song. And in the song, it's Waymaker. And in it, it repeats many times, you are here. You are here working in this place. You are here moving in this place. You are here. He is here, and he wants to have a moment right now with you. So right now, could we just seek him, that that would be the first domino that we chase after this week. And when we push that thing, all the others start to fall. So let me pray for us, and then we're just going to have this one song to just seek him right where we're at. Heavenly Father, if you were to say, What's the one thing, Josh, you want to go after? One thing, every person here that you want to do, you want to chase after. Perhaps our one thing has been the wrong thing. And right now, we just want to recalibrate our hearts and say, God, our one thing, we could just be in your presence, seek after you. We tell our hearts, seek your face. And God, we know that you'll be faithful to just meet us in a profound and precious way right now in this moment as we seek you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. If you would like to partner with Lakeland in helping people follow Jesus, be changed by Jesus, and commit their lives to the mission of Jesus, you can contribute to this mission by visiting lakeland.church forward slash give.